0: Hello
1: and welcome to the Seeking Health (laughs) podcast with Josiah
0: and (laughs) Injuska.
1: And today we're going to do a podcast on our podcast kind of this will be called Deconstructing Together which is kind of what we're doing. Yeah so you may or may not have heard of the term of deconstruction. What is deconstruction?
0: It's basically just reevaluating so much, like mm-hmm. reevaluating a lot about your life, um taking apart your beliefs and trying to figure out why do I believe that What? why 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 <laughs> why why why, why? <laughs> like going back to a two year old <laughs> mm-hmm. why why, why <laughs> like why do I believe in the Bible, why do I believe in God, why do I believe in the church, why do I believe in hell, why do I believe in in uh, doing life this way or why do I believe just down to the nitty gritty like Mm -hmm. why do I believe that uh, church is on Sunday why do I believe that I like I don't know just Mm -hmm. why yeah deconstructing is taking apart taking apart and questioning
1: Mm -hmm. because we've both We've both been free-think. We've both thought deeply about things all of yeah. our lives. Not all of our lives, but we have thought deeply about things. But <clears throat> we haven't necessarily um, really dug deep to ask the really fundamental questions.
0: I feel like all our... Like, like you have a master's in theology, and mm-hmm. you start your doctorate, and I have two years of Bible... Mm-hmm training which was very focused on bible like it was not accredited so it was all bible type stuff um so we thought a lot about theology we thought a lot about beliefs and how do you argue to debate like how do you debate it
1: how Mm -hmm. do you but um but always kind of building on that foundation of there's certain things we don't question and then we debate you know we believe that the bible is true but we debate this or that opinion within the bible yeah and i've had a few experiences where i've definitely gone to the point of questioning whether god exists or not and or questioning whether this way of doing church is the right way or being emergent or something like that and i've always pushed through that and come back and i've always come back stronger but in like in my beliefs i've come back to my beliefs they were they tend to be kind of short times But also, even in those... Well, we didn't do it together for one thing. And then it wasn't... I feel like it's just more things we're putting into question with deconstruction. This time. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And deconstruction is like... It's not necessarily that somebody's losing their faith. No. Because we're asking questions. It might be yes, it might be no. We're just asking questions.
0: You're just deciding to open open up your thinking and to a new level mm-hmm. and just truly really question. <laughs>
1: yeah. And at this point, uh, we're a fair ways into it and we'll talk a little bit about our journey. Um, but I've kind of come to the point where I, I know I believe that there is a God and I know that Jesus is like, I'm good with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That works. <laughs> um, and, you know, my reason for that is when I look at the things that are solid in my life, it's like when I was a scared little boy that didn't have any stability, Jesus was there for me. Yeah. And that's something that is true for me. It works for me. Uh And I'm trying to figure out what else I can attach to that. Um And a lot of other things I'm feeling like, wow, there's a lot of unhealthy things in evangelicalism in the church and but. So I'm going through deconstruction, kind of holding on to Christianity, and how would you describe how you're deconstructing?
0: Well, so transitions tend to make one reconsider a lot of things, mm-hmm. and this past year for us has been a a, a transition from full time missionary work um, and moving halfway across the country again, and just just a lot mm-hmm. of transition. Um, so that kind of unleashed a lot of things for me. But for me, um, my deconstruction. I feel like we're jumping to the conclusion with uh, with skipping the sort of jumping at the end, but um, that's okay. <laughs> uh, my deconstruction at this time, and I know it's an ever changing. Life journey. So it's going to change in the next month. It's going to change next year. It's gonna, who knows? Like, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I don't care where I end up in the end. It's a journey and I'm just riding the journey. I'm riding the waves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at this point in my life, I don't want to use labels. I just want to learn to enjoy life um, and live in the now. But... There is a label that fits me (laughs) at this point. So I guess it would be helpful Mm -hmm. uh, for me to label myself agnostic. (laughs)
1: Um, And just so you know, I paused it and kind of asked her to use the labels. (laughs) I'm a label guy. I mean, I just like to have the label, but.
0: So yeah, so just uh, is still a believer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of a believer again. I don't know.
0: You're reborn, born, reborn, yeah, <laughs> but yes, anyway, my label agnostic. I think there's a spiritual world because we've experienced some really uh, weird things this year mm-hmm. uh, as we've worked through some childhood crap. Um, that is definitely from another realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I can't ignore that. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, there's a spiritual world. Anything beyond that at this point, I do not know. And I'm not putting a whole lot of time and energy into figuring it out at this point because I need a break from it. Mm. I have had it shoved down my throat my whole life. I have tried to continue it on my whole life. Um, Is this where I talk more of my story in your outline?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have an outline that I didn't tell her about, so... Um, (laughs) So I'll just keep going a little bit here. It it
0: For me, it's not that I haven't had moments that seems to be connected with God. But looking back, it's a lot more forced and based on rules and intellectual and very rigid and only getting more rigid through my childhood and teenagehood. Yeah. Um, and the way to be accepted and loved was to carry it even further than I was taught um and then I, as an a young adult then and starting my own family and our marriage and stuff like I stepped it down, I reduced it to what seems more balanced <laughs> um and I am glad I did that, but through the last um few years of missions really that's when we've lived through a ton of stuff and then this year of transition has just crashed down on me and it's like I can no longer ignore all I just can't ignore all the stuff that I've shoved down and not dealt with Mm -hmm. Um, I meet with a counselor every week and we talk, talk about how you can keep shoving trauma and hurts down. You can keep shoving it your whole life, but it will pop up at random times. Mm-hmm. And that, that those times, you choose whether you deal with it or you shove it down again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will keep popping up. And for me, I feel like this year, it's come all come up so strongly that I can't shove it back in. Like, it's been such a strong, strong strong urge like strong uh, force forcing me down this path Mm -hmm. that like I've even told you because you're like oh what do I think about you going through all this questioning or leaving the faith and I'm like it doesn't matter what you think I can't help it Mm -hmm. it's like I'm going down the hill of a roller coaster and like there's nothing that anyone Mm -hmm. can do to stop me Mm -hmm. like it just very strong need to go down this path.
1: Um. And that's in a lesser sense, kind of how I feel too. Once I started unraveling things, everything kind of unraveled. And as I hear more people talk about deconstruction, that's kind of how it is. Like you build your worldview up and everything's interlocking and built together. And when you start to really question, you, you kind of can't stop. Yeah, Because well, you pull a thread on a sweater, and yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, um, and like a pastor I was talking with with one on a well with Merle who did a podcast recently, and and he asked me earlier in this journey, like, well, what about all your apologetics? Like, you you have the answers to most of these questions, but it's like when you when you take out one of the foundational things, then those answers don't don't mean anything anymore because some of the foundational things are out. So, um, we've gone through this journey. We've been at different points. Um, you've some, you've usually been a little bit more ahead on this journey than I have been, but that does not at all mean that my journey hasn't been sincere.
0: And it doesn't mean that you will end up where I'm at either. It's just, I, you've been healing Mm -hmm. through some childhood stuff while I've sort of started deconstructing. Like Mm -hmm. our journey is just not the same. Yeah it's similar, but not the same.
1: Yeah. And so, and so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about as a, as a couple deconstructing together, which is um, hard to do. And we're gonna, we're gonna get into that towards the end about how, you know, we deconstructed together. And it's really brought us a lot closer as a couple, but there were times when it felt like it would draw us apart it would be difficult
0: well it's a moment where i asked are you going to divorce me
1: you did ask me that yeah
0: because that's the reality of deconstruction yeah. sometimes or are just questioning things it's like do you love me because of my beliefs yeah which is a very normal i think it's a very um it makes sense in the evangelical circle where you have to marry a believer. Like you're yeah. never unequally yoked, and
1: right. yeah. the
0: person that you marry, it's more important what they believe than who they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems like mm-hmm. so, yeah. It's it can be pretty
1: tough as a couple. And yeah, and I said no, <laughs> and I, I cried. Yeah, it was such a relief. Yeah, I mean it. It well, I said, I think I laughed a little bit all right like it I probably didn't (laughs) I mean it didn't didn't even occur to me but I understand like you do go into marriage with certain expectations yeah and I certainly went into marriage with certain expectations but at this point I mean the the relationship and you are so much more important than having a ministry or career or or you know, some expectation of, you know, whatever. So, yeah,
0: but it's a very valid,
1: but it's, it's real. It's, <laughs> it's real. Really yeah. Part. So anyways, we want to talk about that. Um, there's way too much for this podcast. Um, as far as like what went into, like the this deconstruction, is a, an overview this is an overview. And the perfectionist in me is like kind of stressed about like, how do we fit everything in? Um, and the reason we wanted to do it is because we've always been very public with our mm-hmm.
0: ministry and we've been in ministry for years and years and years. So we've always been very public about our beliefs. Um, And now we're starting this, we're doing this podcast called Seeking Health. Well, it used to be Seeking Health, Find God, Minister, will Find You. <laughs> but then Josiah started including me in the podcast and, well, the Find God kind of had to come off <laughs> for where I'm at in the journey. So not Seeking Health. And part of us seeking health this year is this deconstruction. Mm-hmm. So, I know I'm sure a lot of you have questions about where we're at because it's kind of shocking. It's mm-hmm. kind of surprising, but we're still good people. We still love each other. We still love our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but here's here's a story of twenty twenty mm-hmm. so far from what we understand and. On hindsight, 2020 will make more sense.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're going to say that so many times. (laughs) So there's kind of a perfect storm of events. Um, Well, three events, and then I guess 2020 itself just brought everything. But um, this was really the year, the end of 2019 and into 2020, where... I began to really do work on my upbringing and finding healing for my childhood and realizing just how deep some of the pain went and how unhealthy some of the situations were in which I was raised and just really, and and putting up boundaries um, with, well, going no contact with my parents. That was um, 2020. In 2020. Yeah. Um, but the process of that started in 2019 yeah so it was a long process and uh it was very very difficult um and working with a lot of therapists and a lot a lot of therapists <laughs> and um you know just like it's hard to express really the the work that went into that um there were kind of pages and pages of journaling and hours of counseling a lot of nightmares um body reacting having headaches and aches and pains and and that's where some of the
0: spiritual, the warfare, spiritual warfare came in word.
1: and really weird stuff really weird um, even involving our kids yeah stuff that i wouldn't want to repeat because people would think i'm crazy <laughs> but yeah. things happened um yeah. that were paranormal i guess and um But it also, on the bright side, um, I realized how many of the things that I thought were part of my personality were actually part of trauma, were actually coping mechanisms that a young child developed to keep himself safe, um, to make sure he wouldn't get yelled at or hit or bad things wouldn't happen. And when I started finally healing for those things, disconnecting from People that had caused me pain in the past, and were still trying to control me in the present. All of a sudden, this new person started to emerge. Yeah. And this new person approached life in a different way. He saw scriptures in a different way. He saw. He really. I mean, I really. I'll, I'll talk about myself in the first person now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he. <You>. I really. <laughs> began to care about victims. Yeah, of abuse. And even and something that just really, even though this has never touched me, but rape, like just, I don't know why, but just thinking about women and people that are mistreated, it just makes my blood absolutely boil to think of domestic abuse and, and how that just gets a free pass. And I just look back at at some of the trivial ways I've looked at, for example, divorce and remarriage. And I've just completely looked at that intellectually. And I haven't thought about what about the woman that marries a terrible man and he rapes her every night and tells her to submit and the church tells her you can never divorce, you know. And I, that's just one example. But, you know, that used to be a really, really firmly held belief. And after this journey, I looked at that and I was like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not going with that. And
0: And also the the like narcissism and being married yeah. the spiritual not just the physical sexual abuse but like emotional abuse yes. and sexual
1: um, Emo- emotional abuse and... emotional
0: abuse uh, spiritual abuse I mean yeah. those all playing to the victims and we see see it so differently now
1: yeah when you like there's people that have experienced narcissistic abuse The narcissists I've got some podcasts on that they're not with Anjelica, so they're not as interesting to listen to. <laughs> but um, narcissism is a thing; it's recognized by psychology. And when you have been traumatized by a narcissist, when you've been in a, a real deep relationship with a narcissist, like it's like being in a relationship with somebody that has a mental condition. Like well, it, is. <laughs> it is a mental condition, right? But it's 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 not a, an imbalance or a, a, any chemical deficiency, it's a personality disorder, which means on some level they choose it. But, um, you know, if you can imagine having a long-term relationship with somebody with some sort of a mental disability, you're going to have to adapt to them. And when you're in a relationship long-term with a narcissist or your parents are narcissistic, that's going to shape you in a certain specific way. Hugely. And when you finally figure out what the issue was and you finally realize it wasn't you and you finally realize, oh, like this is why I'm like this. The lights turn on. It's huge. And then all of a sudden, you just see it everywhere. And it's impossible not to let that change how you perceive life. Yeah. And read scriptures and even read the gospel story, realizing how much that was robed in in how I understood trauma and, and tried to make sense of of the dysfunction that I grew up in so there's a lot of things that I'm I'm seeing completely differently and I don't know how to put it all together yet
0: yeah so like you know when you I don't know if you remember when you first got glasses but like yeah. you put them on and your whole you feel kind of unstable and mm-hmm. just things are wonky um, but your brain gets used to it mm-hmm. and this has been like 2020 for mm-hmm. you like over and over as you have another breakthrough you're hit down with a migraine you're in bed mm-hmm. for a day two days three days yeah and then you can pick yourself back up and continue with life like not only has it been emotionally a lot to process but also like spiritually like you're just talking about but also mm-hmm. physically like it's all tied it's all connected yeah. like holistic healing um so in the same way that physically you've had to recover from it it's also been it's also spiritually and yeah, yeah.
1: and it, yeah and it has been like a new update has been installed
0: it's so much <laughs> it's like, like
1: that <laughs> your phone is out of commission while we're installing and you've had a lot of updates this year <laughs> like, seriously <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm that's like, so true.
0: Oh, here we go again. Something else just came up. All right, I got to brace myself for single parenting for a few uh, days, and it's true. It would happen, it yeah. happens still. Like mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, like recently. Like yeah. it, it it's way less now than earlier in 2020, but it's still mm-hmm. going on.
1: So thank you for your incredible support.
0: Well, I wasn't saying it for that, but
1: just, <laughs> thank you. That I said thank you instead of saying sorry. Yeah. That's something i learned. Yes. Yeah. See, I could have said sorry but, right there, but that's a codependency. I'm not so. good
0: at accepting praise, so that's why I deflected <laughs> it. <into a> <laughs> My counselor can't get over how I can't accept praise, but I was taught not to. Uh-huh. So huh. So still working on that. So thank you.
1: <laughs> I said thank you. You say you're welcome. Oh, there that's you go. How See, it I works. don't even know. How to <laughs> you don't <know>. accept <laughs> praise. We're kind of a mess here.
0: <laughs> oh. Seriously, yeah. why can't we accept, why can't I accept praise? Like I was taught to always deflect it. Deflect yeah. it. Deflect it. That's, that's not healthy.
1: You need no praise. No wonder I had
0: like no self-esteem
1: praise, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> praise is what nourishes your self-esteem. So you could be a full healthy human being. But ATI doesn't want full healthy human beings because then no. you'll have basic youth life conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. Okay. Yeah, I mean somewhere in there I'm just going to add a tiny, tiny tiny little thing is also kind of this midlife awakening yeah that's kind of been going on yeah before this year too like I lost weight I started running marathons and just kind of like who am I you know yeah. I'm like in the middle of my life I've kind of been doing what other think people think I should do but at a certain point I'm like well what does Josiah want to do you yeah. know and and that's definitely been part of it too oh for sure it was yeah. the starting yeah Um, the
0: other big thing this year that we've dealt with, um, is just a huge transition from like leaving missions. And Mm -hmm. that actually started in 2018 Mm -hmm. that we Mm started thinking about it. Um, just part of it is like, okay, so the summer 20, yeah, 2018 is when I really, really crashed with so much anxiety that I was. Our whole summer was crap like I was in bed a lot um, I couldn't function I mm-hmm. couldn't think like I had to learn to shut off my brain the whole summer I couldn't I couldn't function my anxiety was so so high Um and recovered from that over the following few months um, and then summer 2019 felt more energy and and started healing um, and coping um, in small ways nothing like this year but like it when you can can't even function from anxiety i mm-hmm. mean it, it was a big step it was a big improvement and part of that what came up with that was like i'm done coasting like i need mm-hmm. to take charge of my life like what we're doing is great where we live is awesome we have good friends but we need to take charge of our life like we're not doing what we want to do and we haven't for four years um and we just and while it was good it just wasn't what we wanted to do um and it was just like i just don't want to coast anymore like we yeah. got to take charge of our life and at that point we decided we would leave missions um and it took a few months to work all that out and when we left we left mission at the end of 2019 so almost a year now um and we left not knowing where we would but job like we we didn't know anything but we just knew it was right mm-hmm felt extremely right like just as i said before we felt more led to leave missions than we felt going into missions yeah it
1: it it's true like we mm-hmm. really even the though Lord we... led us out it really felt oh yeah so strongly
0: yeah um it was just good like people questioned it and had questions for us and we Couldn't share a whole lot of our journey because we didn't. It felt too sacred to Mm -hmm. share. Um, And still to this day, we haven't talked a ton about it. Um, It Mm -hmm. was very personal. Mm -hmm. Very personal in our hearts that like... Sure, we had reasons that we could say to people and they were all true. But inside, it was just like, we need to take charge of our lives. So we left at the end of 2019, moved back to our hometown. Um, And that has been... That was just one of the huge backdrop pieces into um, our whole 2020 mm-hmm. year of transition and deconstructing mm-hmm. for me 2020 started off really just supporting Josiah through his processing um, and healing from his childhood um, and that was huge that really really took a lot out of me um, but also at the beginning of the year my anxiety crashed again and i'm sure the transition had a lot to do with it uh, i felt um no sense of safety um no job in a rental house and leaving missions and just like questioning like what the heck are we doing <laughs> um uh so my anxiety, and then just i was struggling a lot um my anxiety crashed and I was spending a lot of time in bed and there was moment a week or two weeks. I don't remember how long, but, where I couldn't even get, the only way I could function through night and day was listening to scripture lullabies. Um, I couldn't sleep without it. I couldn't function throughout the day. Like it was really, really hard. Uh, at that point, I saw the doctor here and I was finally able to get anxiety medication. And that's been life changing for me um, because it's lifted off some of the anxiety so that I can actually work on counseling. Like I had started counseling before I got the meds and um, I couldn't, like I would just go there and cry. Like I couldn't think I didn't know. I, we couldn't work on anything because my anxiety was so high. I couldn't think. Um, so starting the meds was hugely helpful um, and then uh, just establishing a sense of security was the first and main thing that we had to work on in counseling because the last few years with mission just felt no sense of security um, I mean, you're living on support you never know month to month whether you can get paid um, finances is my huge trigger for anxiety and still is working on lessening that. Um but there's so many moments in missions and I know you're supposed to live in missions and faith that God will provide, but the reality is God does not always provide. Um and sometimes we wouldn't know if we could get paid the next month. And when you have several kids and you're pregnant and you have a big house and that you're fixing up and using for ministry, like this just that's just no sense of safety. And it really started at the beginning with going to mission, to Africa and and there was no sense of safety there. I mean, no. there was a like, kidnapping and the, I was sick all the time from the heat. If the the neighboring country shut down their airport at one point so people couldn't get out. And I was like, if this happens, this country, I'm stuck. Like, I'm, I can't handle the heat. And we're start, starting, like, might run out of gas. And then we can't even run a generator to run the a- AC um, that barely cools down enough so like i could die from the heat there was like there was um ebola at the time and we had someone monitoring someone else with ebola who was sitting in our living room and she told us that and it's like you don't even have sense of safety with health um and then there was terrorism attacks and we had to leave our house and it's just there was no sense of safety Mm uh are our six-year-old was taken on a motorbike ride by a local person and there was just miscommunication but we didn't know where he went Uh, that was terrifying there's just so much so much that even at the time we couldn't really talk about but you look back and it's just like I lost all sense of safety and I don't think I really ever regained it because um, I never dealt with it we just jumped into the next ministry and then and just kept going with life without stopping. yeah. And, and, and then when I came down with depression during our years in Quebec, and the counselor just said it was not technically depression, it was circumstantial depression from just layers and layers. But still never dealt with it, mm-hmm. just buried it. Um, so this year, 2020...
1: Which is kind of the thing you're supposed to do, right? I mean, we were doing all the things, we were... Yeah, you know, writing the newsletters and I don't know. You just keep going. You with just life. keep going. Yeah. Like that's what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, and then twenty twenty came and we have this. So we we set up the sense of security. You Not know, just I got a job and I really worked with a counselor for him to point out the areas of security. Um, you can't can't ever have full security in life. You know, there's always things you can't control, but you just you do, everybody needs a certain sense of security in their life, and I did not have that, so leaving missions actually, like, helped a lot towards that sense of security, because we had regular paycheck coming in, we had regular hours, we had a place to stay, we weren't having to travel all the time, like, there's just so much so much, I can't even go into it all, but that created that sense of safety, and once that sense of safety was established over a few months, and really, I'm still having to um, retell myself over and over frequently that I'm safe I'm mm-hmm. okay every time I go to the grocery store and it's it costs a lot of money to live up north and to have a family of seven I have to tell myself again we're okay we can pay this um, it's lessening but I don't know if it'll ever go away anyway um, so once you dealt with a sense of security, then for me this year really um, just allowed me to to think deeper. Um, and then seeing people's react, like just seeing reactions to Josiah's trauma from his childhood, um, just a lot of questions came up about the church uh and christians and i was like this is not okay you don't react like this to someone who's been abused you don't this is not okay like it it really bugged me um that this was a standard response um we read a lot of books i've been reading a lot of books as part of my mental health this year like I'm on book 68 type thing, <laughs> 69, yeah, since January, anyway, I've never read this much in my life, but it's a great mental coping skill, but I also learned a lot, so I read through a... Do you think,
1: um, do you think it would be frowned upon to read, for a woman to read that many books, you know, just oh, yes. all over anything, memoirs and <laughs> I don't know? <laughs>
0: Anyway, for me, 2020, reading all those books has been super helpful. Some memoirs and some self-helps. And then I read a book about Christian forgiveness from a different perspective. And that was like, you cannot blame the book for being the tipping point of my faith crisis, but it was the tipping point of my faith crisis. But there was a ton of things be around it yeah. that brought it about, but I saw this book and'd always been taught about Christian forgiveness, and it's sort of what we were working through with Josiah's background and like how this forgiveness worked with abuse and mm-hmm. and childhood, which is why I was reading this book, and this book like was fully supported in tons of Bible verses, but a completely different perspective on forgiveness than I'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if people can use the Bible to say whatever the heck they mean, then what's the worth of the Bible? like what's the point? Like, like, how is it any different than the book of mormon or uh, any other book of any other religion like because you can, because it's true whatever denomination you go in or different parts of christian churches they'll use different verses to support what they want mm-hmm. and i i mean looking back it's like okay well that makes sense that's how i perceived it because that's that was our homeschool curriculum yeah. was using it like with ati like you use a bunch of bible verses and it supports whatever they want to say they add on so many men's rules to verses so that has been a huge crashing journey for me um and i'm like how can i trust the bible that can be how can i trust that it even says anything when it can be used in so many opposite ways mm-hmm. and then you know you add in covid and health risks and election and all this stuff. And you see the Christian church, evangelical church, people in the church, and there are some great people in the church, but there's huge voices out there that are super active, even on social media, especially (laughs) that it's just, Oh, so frustrating. And I was like, for one, I don't even know if I can trust the Bible. And for two, I can't be associated with this kind of thinking. Um, So, it's just like, what do I do with this? I am a fucking done with it. Um, just as helped me put more words to my frustration and my doneness. And what he says is like, well, sort of having to. Yeah, like. It. If the Bible is true and if there's a God and a Jesus, then I don't know what parts what it would look like. I don't know what parts of it are true. Because there are so many conflicting opposite thoughts out there. And it frustrates me and I can't I can't trust it. Mm-hmm. I cannot trust it. And the way of life that I see through the evangelical church is so much judgment and so much rules. And I just want to love people. I don't care who they marry. I don't care who they love. I don't care what the beliefs are. I just want to love people. Not love the person hate the sin i just want to love the people without judging the sin like i just i just want to love people i'm tired of me being judged as well Mm -hmm. and that is part of my childhood as well like i don't want to be judged i just want i just need love and acceptance and i just want to love and accept others um so i'm done i'm done (laughs) done with religion the way i knew it um the part of that process of me um cleansing from it you know i've gotten rid of everything in my house that's christian except just stuff <laughs> um it's just i've just really needed to shed this legalistic background and yeah. for me that's all things religion at this point Last week we were listening to a book together and it talked through the history of the evangelical church as we know it today. Jesus and John Wayne. Yeah, Jesus and John Wayne. And that was really interesting for me to realize, like, huh, interesting. Like Christianity, as I know it and as I was taught, is American Christianity, um, even though we're in Canada, Mm -hmm. because like... All the books that pastors use are from the States. All the writers are from the States. All the the homeschool curriculum we use was from the States. My dad was our pastor and the books he read were all from the States. So our Christianity up here is American. Mm -hmm. Um, In a way, it was kind of encouraging for me to hear that through the book because it was like, maybe, maybe there's a healthy Christianity out there. But I don't know what it looks like. And I don't know how I would find it. Because yeah. all there is here is American Christianity. Yeah. Um, and the healthy people that are Christians that I know are still mixed with American Christianity. And I can't, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Mm. Like, it makes my skin crawl. I cannot, I can, I'm like detoxing yeah. <laughs> from it. Because that is my background. Very toxic yeah. Christianity. Um.
1: And we've used the term already allergic to religion. Like you have this reaction where like you just can't handle it. And I can see it in your body when you say it, like you just, and it's like, it's like an allergic reaction. Like you can get allergic to good things. I'm not necessarily saying evangelicalism is good at this point. I'm just saying you can get allergic to things and you have a reaction to it that other people don't. And that's kind of where you're at. It is where I'm at.
0: Um, And I look back and I'm like, I've reacted to Bible forever like one thing i realized this year we talked with my counselor i just had this ha ha moment of like wow this is so interesting like as i read all these books this year i started off with definitely christian-based books um and i just i would naturally skip all the bible verses mm-hmm. and just read the rest of the book but skip over that and he told me there's a term for that and i forget what the term is <laughs> i wish i could remember i'll have to ask him but um i thought that was really interesting because i was like I've been doing that like forever. Hmm. But uh, again, when I was young, you cannot talk to a parent if they're reading the Bible. Hmm. And the Bible is sacred and the Bible is more important than the kids, your own kids. Like it, hmm. it this just, it was used for control and it was used to hurt yep. and rejection. Hmm. So. Yeah, I am having, having, now that I'm, like, letting myself, I am having a toxic reaction, allergic reaction to it. Um, It, yeah. And I'm not trying to fight it. Yeah. Like, I know I cannot keep going with it anymore. I -hmm. can't. Um, So, yeah, I kind of, I have a lot of anger. um, But working through that, but it's still there. I think it's a little bit better, but still, maybe, maybe not. Well, anger
1: is good. You know, but anger to, like... is
0: good. I know. Yeah. I just, it is part of the, I'm grieving a yeah. lot and grief kind of goes with the anger. Yeah. Cause it's like, who am I outside of religion? Because I've been raised in intense religion, 24 seven, um, nothing else. So it's not like you can go back to my life before. Mm-hmm. There was no life before. But this year, like, I have learned to speak up. I've learned mm. to use my voice. Like, yeah. if you go on Josiah's Facebook Arguments, I'll be piping in.
1: Uh, <laughs> By the way, I have a Facebook and I have arguments. <laughs> 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 They're public. You can go see them. That's yeah. all. um
0: But I'm finding my voice. They're debates. debates. And Respectful. I speak up Fairly. now. And I didn't used to yeah. do that. Um
1: because you were trained not to have an opinion, yeah.
0: Basically, I'm really getting interested in politics, and I never used to because I couldn't really have an opinion about it. This is a
1: bad time to get interested
0: in politics. Oh, bad or good? There's a lot of things <laughs> I don't just talk about. Juicy, juicy. <laughs> <laughs> my my skin needs to get a little tougher, still though. <laughs> but I'm also like I'm finding a desire to live. And that's probably a huge thing to point out because for the last, like, I don't know, four years, five years, I've just wanted to die. Yeah. Um, I would not have said that back then, but even last December we were talking, um, there's a genetic disorder in our family and I found out that I'm positive for it for that increases, my risk of cancer drastically. Um, and we were talking about that before I had my results and just, I was like, I'm really scared of you getting this result because, you won't, you won't fight it. Mm-hmm. Because for years I've just wished to die, mm-hmm. and I said I wouldn't do anything because of my kids. But I've mm-hmm. just wished to die. And any, if we went on a trip, I would always have a thought. If we went on a trip, our whole family, uh, if we could all die at once, like then nobody's left behind. Nobody's left in our family to mm-hmm. be orphan or whatever. But it'd just be over because yeah. life sucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Life and you suck. would say that I said often.
0: that all the time. Yeah. Um, and you would keep telling me that... I was like, how can you be so positive about life? And I was like, well, there's good things to live for. And I'm like, no, there's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember walking in my daughter's room and dancing. And life is so beautiful. Life is so great. And she was singing. And I just left the room and cried. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's going to lose that someday because life sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um And this year I'm just learning to, instead of just live for the future, for life in heaven, just put up through this life so you can get to heaven. I'm just learning to live life now Mm -hmm. and enjoy it. And we bought a boat and we had so much fun. And we bought a four-wheeler and we have so much fun. And Mm -hmm. I was just like...
1: And then in a previous podcast, you mentioned how you used to have that joy. And you remember like the, the ATI days or the... Like when your family got more religious, that's kind of when the joy died
0: yeah so so i feel like this part of the i feel like this journey is has been good for me like i'm i'm happier i Mm -hmm. i do have really hard days still i i have exhausted days i have migraine days following a lot of stress but in general i feel like life is better
1: for me now that
0: i'm shedding my religion Mm -hmm. um
1: you Have your emotions in the moment. You get mad in the moment. You let it through. We all notice it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Anger tells you that something's wrong. Yeah. And you help me figure out what it's yeah. <laughs> And sadness means something moving to the past and you've been feeling your emotions in the times. And then when those things happen, then you can feel the happiness and you can enjoy life
0: in the past little thing that. would come up and i would just be beat down yeah um this year we've had huge things come up you yeah. know covid has been huge and there was a bit of lack of job security for a little bit mm-hmm. there um
1: and it triggered memories of living through yes. ebola and that was really frustrating for us because that's a whole nother tangent but people didn't understand what a pandemic was we had lived through a pandemic and we knew what it was and we absolutely took it seriously and a lot of people still aren't taken seriously yeah anyways
0: so yeah there's, there's ebola and then there was that we were evacuated for a forest fire that almost burnt her town and and then i was diagnosed positive for like 63 percent chance of getting breast cancer and all huge things life-changing mm. things um and Huge issues with my family that I don't know how much to say at this point, but there's not much contact with my dad, and because my real journey of leaving religion is not <laughs> doesn't bode well that way. Mm-hmm. But these things like yes, they hurt. Yes, they beat me down. Yes, they give me migraines. Um, but I'm I'm able to work through it, accept it, and m- make a plan forward and mm-hmm. move forward way better than i have been the last few years dealing with lesser issues Mm -hmm. um so i do feel like this journey is bringing me to health even though it's bringing even though it's me shedding religion
1: yeah and uh if i could talk about my kind of journey with the church over this past year like when we left missions uh we had one month of uh intensive counseling that was for missionaries and pastors and stuff and and it was really great and it was specific to our needs and it was you know it it was fantastic and part of that also was dealing with my kidnapping in africa because i was kidnapped in africa i had ptsd for a long time and i through doing emdr technique it really resolved a lot of it um which is also part of this there's just so many things it's weird that I would forget something so significant like that. But um, we were just surrounded by these wonderful people, and we were healing together. Um, And part of it was uh, group discussions where we would all share, um, and we would keep our secrets, and we would love each other as we shared our stories. But a common theme that was coming up was a lot of these missionaries were second, third generation missionaries, and there's just so much pain in their childhoods. And then there was so much pain in their current families. And a lot of them were going right back to the same thing. And you kind of got the sense of like, this might bring like a 10% increase, like a little bit healthier, but it's going to be the same thing. And there was such a need to stay in ministry. Like they just felt such a, like, we need to do this. You know, like there was, like one person said, this is the family trade. This is all we know how to do and other people said like i'm a third generation my grandfather is so and so he's super popular and you know i have to uphold this and and i just thought of my kids and i said i'm i didn't say out loud but i just said to myself like i'm not going to do this i want a healthy family and that's where my motto my personal motto of seek health find god and ministries will find you came from because i feel like often we get it backwards you you cling to the ministry until you lose sight of god and then you lose your health and i want to seek what is healthy and i feel like when i chase what is healthy i find a deeper relationship with god and then ministries will happen you know um it didn't work out exactly like that Uh, (laughs) but as i your wife lost god yeah (laughs) seek health find therapy lose i don't know whatever your wife loses God,
0: but <laughs> your wife is happier. But your wife is happier. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the journey was working with my parents and and figuring that sort of stuff out from my childhood, and I had I invited a, a tight circle of pastor friends um, along with me on that, and communicated pretty closely through this time, and a lot of it, if I felt their support. Um, But I was starting to feel the further that it went, the more that I felt like some parts of my journey, they were like, well, I'm not really sure. And then parts of the journey, I just knew they, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with evangelicalism to put a firm no to a relationship, even an abusive relationship, even when there is even danger in the relationship. Yeah. There is no evangelical voice saying it is okay to end a relationship. Yeah. All the pressure is on reconciliation. Yeah. There is no... That drove me mad. Yeah. In your
0: journey to see, I saw those late nights. I saw parts of it, not even (laughs) all of it, but the tremendous hurt and tearing down that you went through Mm -hmm. and to be told you should reconcile. No, Mm
1: -hmm. like that's just
0: not acceptable.
1: Yeah. And a book that we read that we found really helpful was, um, the Christian's guide to no contact by sister Renee Patelli. I'd recommend that to anybody. Um, and she just explained from scriptures, you can end a relationship. Saul, david ended a relationship with saul the israelites ended a relationship with pharaoh um jacob ended a relationship with laban his father-in-law etc and and so i was anyways that was part of the journey is feeling like i'm seeking health but there's tension with the church not just individual people but kind of the like we all as evangelicals kind of believe similar things like it's part of a package like we're And I just felt like I wasn't fitting with that package. And then I did feel as though there were people trying to push me to reconcile with my parents, Um, having perhaps some of the story or hearing, I don't know exactly, but I felt like I can't be around that. I can't, in my state where I was, I I can't have people pushing me uh, that way. You are
0: still so fragile and healing and still connected to your parents in a way it hadn't been much space there yet um you need it not to be pushed to reconcile which made you second guess and
1: rethink everything every time like people that don't have that have never been through this or haven't been trained you have no idea how damaging it can be Mm -hmm. if somebody has been through genuine trauma and you come to them, no matter how kindly or how gently you say it, that maybe they should reconcile, or maybe this is 50-50. Yeah. It just absolutely te- can send somebody into a tailspin.
0: That's why our view this year um victims has yeah. increased a lot, and our donations to that has increased yeah. in the, just overall. Yeah. Put your money behind your dollars. Uh, your dollars behind your words.
1: Yeah. So I've just felt a need to pull back um, from the church and from some of that community, um, and then, oddly enough, I felt the need to speak out. Maybe not oddly. I mean, I'm I'm a speaker. It's what I do. Yeah. Um, You've always
0: spoken out about everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you're saying I'm a loudmouth. So is that what you're? Um, yeah so i started speaking more on facebook and just open-ended discussions i don't need to know the answers to these things but just what do you think about
0: and challenging people and yeah. their views on the same things that we're challenging ourselves on
1: yeah without and with and no
0: agenda no
1: agenda <laughs> you know people would ask like where are you going with this you know you're asking can you get remarried you know this is a, Big hot button question that people have issues with, and it's like I don't know what I think about this. But after We're not this discussion,
0: so you can challenge people to the right way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's just... like by the time we discuss it, and there's like a hundred and fifty comments. Yeah, I think I know where I stand now, and thanks all everybody for. And other people your appreciate.
0: That thoughts too some people do some people do <laughs> plenty of private messages don't but yeah
1: <laughs> but then a lot of and then a a lot of speaking about narcissism as well and victims and abuse, and then I get a lot of private messages about actually, this speaks to me, and this is my story and yeah but I was doing all this journey thinking um. I'm gonna find a deeper faith and this is eventually gonna lead me to some sort of a ministry or something. And it was a challenge when you really said, you know, you don't believe in the Bible, don't believe in Jesus, all these sorts of things. And then I told you
0: that I'm done going to church. I'm yeah. not going back to church. Um Well did you mind? St- mind you COVID. I mean COVID kinda of stopped church for a while anyway, but at one at one point I did say like you walk like you can still go I I respect mm-hmm. your journey I respect your decision you can still go but I'm not mm-hmm. going back to church
1: I remember saying okay then we're not going back to church anymore I remember cuz you want that. to be united in this okay. um we've had a
0: lot of conversations Anyways. about this trying to communicate yeah. um and even if we're not in the same place exactly like I get a lot of people <laughs> like like what's going on and they're like well how's your like how does that work with your husband or where is he at I'm like well he's still a Christian mm-hmm. um, but we can communicate it and really appreciate how you can respect my journey mm-hmm. and even encourage and support me in my journey even if it's not your journey
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so it's possible to do as a couple with respect and yeah. communication
1: and I, there was a point early on, cause I, I could really see you struggling. And I remember having this moment when I was at work driving and I could kind of hear this voice in my head saying like, this is the time you need to shut it down. Now you need to shut it down. This is the time because I knew you were thinking, yeah <laughs> like you were thinking was for thinking yourself deep and, and hard. <laughs> and this little voice was telling me to shut it down. And I, but I knew it wasn't the right thing to do. You know, and, and the ways this little voice was saying is like, shame her, you know, make her scared of hell, tell her she's a woman. These are all things I would never, ever say, but like, I didn't, I respected you. But because the evangelical I believe... culture, uh, voices still speak. I know, I know. It's, and then I had this weird thought, like, is this what some people think being the head of the home is? Mm, that... Probably. And is this perhaps why sometimes women are so beaten down? It's like, I don't want you to think so that you can't you know, be different change, than you. change your faith. And then I have to... anyways, because it is it does add a layer of challenge it does. to yeah. not
0: be in the same belief system anymore. Um, like I said, like it, I don't want to hold on to a label necessarily. I'm not trying to put my flag in a camp, I'm just following a journey, following my journey. So that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not saying that I'm going to go back to religion or church. Like mm-hmm. this point, I have no plans of that.
1: Yeah. One of the first and hardest hurdles for me was thinking about hell and thinking, okay, well, if you don't believe anymore, I guess that means you're going to hell. And But actually the way that it happened, because I had been thinking about this beforehand, as you said fairly decisively that you don't believe anymore. And I think I said pretty quickly to you, well, I don't think you're going to hell.
0: And I was like, what think mean? whatever you want. I don't, you <laughs> can't believe any of this anymore.
1: <laughs> it was more for me than for you. But like my kind of thought process in that was just like, okay, you're, you're spreading your wings. You're thinking freely. You're seeking health. You're getting in touch with your body. You're getting in touch with nature. You're, you want to live. And the person, the people, like, if I can just maybe take Bill Gothard, for example, that created this system, or or maybe even your dad. Like, the people that created this system that hurt you so much, they believe all the right things. Yeah. And they can say all the right things. But, like, I think that God is more happy with you than with them. Like, that's kind of my opinion. So, anyways, that just... For me, I'm like, I can't believe that this journey is leading you away from God because everything I see is that this is leading you closer to God. Um, my hope is that at some point you'll come through this and believe in God. But I this has also kind of pushed me. It's really pushed me because I, <laughs> I really feel strongly that like, no, that, that, that can't be right. You know, in the past, I've always been like, well, I guess these people are going to hell even though they're good people. But at a certain point, I'm like, really? These people are going to hell, even though they're good people? And these people are going to heaven, even though they're bad people, but they say the right things? Like, I, I,
0: I don't So you're deconstructing your beliefs? Yeah,
1: that's something that I'm really deconstructing, because, you know, there's something that pastors will often say is that Jesus talked about hell more than anybody else in the Bible. It's true, but Jesus never said, believe the right things, then you'll go to heaven. He never said if you don't believe the right things or don't know the right things, you'll go to hell. It was all about who you love and how you love and not being judgmental and how you serve other people. And so I got a lot of work to do <laughs> as far as theology. Um, and the next thing that it really that worried me because I had been told this in college was I had been told this metaphor of a triangle that the closer that you get to God, it's like going up the sides of a triangle, the closer you'll get together as a couple, so, which yeah. is why
0: marriage counseling one-on-one, yeah.
1: <laughs> which is why some of our dates were reading the Bible together and, <laughs> you know, praying together. And, and so I was afraid that if we don't have faith in common, are we going to have a relationship in common?
0: Right. Is our relationship based on our common beliefs?
1: Yeah. And I mean, maybe if it had been early enough, I don't know. Anyways, for us, it really didn't seem that way. I just, what I did is I started journaling. That's what I've really learned to do this year is journal, 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 just write a lot. And I started journaling out like the more that we pushed into religion, here's the things that happened. You know, I hit burnout, you hit situational depression, you hit anxiety, um, it was hard on our marriage, it was hard on our kids, it was Very. it it caused, you know, huge body stress and and all these things that we're still dealing with today. What happened when we prioritized our marriage and said actually and we've said this many, many times. We've said this ministry is great, it's going well, but it's not working for our marriage. We need to step back. And we've made that decision over and over and over. And every time we've stepped back from ministry For our marriage, it's always been good for our marriage. And it's usually, in the long run, been good for ministries overall. But mostly, when we prioritize our marriage, our marriage gets better. You know, when we decide we're going to take counseling and that's the most important thing, our marriage gets better. So, like, it's kind of an obvious point, I guess, but it didn't seem obvious at the time. When we prioritize our marriage, our marriage gets better.
0: So this year, like, we've been prioritizing working on ourselves, on our Mm -hmm. past and working through our issues individually Mm -hmm. and then but we've also like with our own unique journeys we've talked a lot about it we've just talked a lot about it and so there has been sections of time where we haven't talked as much about things because it's too jumbled in Mm -hmm. our mind Um, I know for me part of the process for a little while felt very isolated because it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not going back to church I don't know if I'll have any church friends left Mm -hmm. A couple of them have told me they would be my friend no matter what. But it changes the dynamic when you're not in church anymore together every week.
1: Um, some people you don't know what to talk about.
0: Well, there's friendships that are based on just common commonality. Mm-hmm. And assembly, some friendships that are based on actual friendship, like just liking each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like in a new town. We've moved back here after seven years away. and And all the relationships do have to sort of be re re-increased like reestablished, even though the friendships from before so it's felt isolating mm-hmm. um because sort of lose your community mm-hmm. um big loss of community with leaving religion and then there's times working through all that where i wasn't even sure how much to share with you because i was a little bit nervous of how yeah. you would react i think like we're still very much in the process of all this, even though we're doing uh-huh. this podcast. Like, this tour is not over no. No. Um, But we are at a place right now where we do talk, are able to talk about all this. But that is sort of, like, tested each other out uh-huh. earlier this year in, like, can I trust you to still love me even if we don't have the same beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have proven to be very trustworthy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you have, too
0: must be so grown up to be able to respect each other wow and that's part of my whole like sort of you know you talked about your motto in life of like seek health love God, minister find you for me it's just like just love and accept people and it's worked so well for me this year that I can't believe I didn't do this before (laughs) but it's like um, actually maybe I don't love everybody because some people on Facebook are (laughs) Maybe I should take that back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. It's just like, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're lesbian. I don't, like, I just want to be friends. I just yeah. want to love and not have it based like, I'll only be friends to this extent because of those sins mm. in your life. Like, I don't know. It's just.
1: I wonder if, I'm just thinking out loud here, like, it's shifting from, I'll be your friend if... You know, you believe these beliefs versus I'll be your friend based on whether you're a decent human being. Yes. Because
0: if you can think,
1: (laughs) sorry, well, I shouldn't say that. Like you said, you just want to love people. I feel like my big realization this year is that I don't have to love everybody. Mm. Like, and you know, what does love mean? Right. But, but realizing there are sincerely evil people in this world. Yeah. And the Bible actually talks about evil people and the Bible yeah. talks about like, you know, basically calling down curses. Like a lot of the, the Psalms are like, you know, may the wicked man not find me and may he slip and, you know, may he, his words return on his own head and all this sort of stuff. And you kind of skim over that because Jesus said, love your enemies. And it's like, sure, you don't want to like have every moment of every day consumed by how much you hate somebody, <laughs> right? Like you want to at some point let go of that darkness right you don't want to have that dark energy or whatever that hatred in you and I think that's what Jesus was saying but he wasn't saying that you don't have enemies right like you have there There are bad people and it's okay that you say they're bad people mm-hmm. it's okay that you cut off relationships with them and part of this church weirdness is like you can't say that there are bad people and if the bad people are in your church. You can't cut them off. You have to stay in relationship. And that's been a big thing for this year is just like, oh, actually there are bad people and I'm just not gonna Mm -hmm. continue being abused anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, when you're, when you've been a victim and recovering, it does affect, Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone's come back, like, well, we talk about even like, alcoholics you're not going to offer them wine or like mm-hmm. i mean like so if there's that kind of care and consideration why wouldn't we carry it over to victims mm-hmm. of abuse no matter what kind of abuse i mean they're going to be more sensitive to certain situations and that's okay mm-hmm. something wrong with that like it yes they will build resilience over time and be able to handle more but that can't be pushed and they can't be rushed and mm-hmm. so part of our healing journey has sort of been shrinking our bubble and until we're at a place that we can test out who's safe and who's not safe Mm -hmm. and I know for myself like I've just started talking to a few more people the last couple weeks here in town about my journey of this year so doing this podcast like I couldn't have done that a month ago I don't think Mm -hmm. so I'm still very much in this journey. Um, I have to know who I trust before I'll share more. So if you call me and or write me and like, oh, what's going on and tell me all about it. It's like, well, <laughs> do I trust you? Yeah. Because it's, it's my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a lot. It goes a lot deeper than I can even shape up share publicly at this point. Yeah. Um. The hurts and traumas. I know for yourself too. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there with your journey. Yeah. There's this is way more than you can skim over. The well, series. there's certain things that cannot be shared in a yeah. podcast probably mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday they'll be in a book. <laughs> but like, you just can't. Like I still, I still want to be careful about some people. You know. Mm. Like I don't. I don't want to just bash. Mm-hmm. But there's this deep hurts. Um and there has just been a lot this year and it's all added up to each other on top of each other to our d- journey of deconstruction and mm-hmm. learning a whole other world of terminology like deconstruction and deconversion and <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. narcissism, <laughs> PTSD,
0: narcissism, and... all kinds of narcissism. Um yeah.
1: Complex PTSD and Stockholm syndrome and PTSD healing. Yeah. Post traumatic mm-hmm. healing.
0: Post traumatic healing. Mm-hmm. Um just so much. We're mm-hmm. still seeing counselors regularly and we're still working through it. But don't be worried about us. We're really doing mm-hmm. good. I mean but that's why we're also doing this podcast together. Yeah. It's it connects us to do it. It's yeah. fun. And we just love being able to share like even Interview other people, and we've mm-hmm. shared a few interviews. We have some more coming, mm-hmm. um, that and their journeys mm-hmm. through life, through deconstruct deconstruction, and like some of them are still Christians. You no, know, mm-hmm. just like yourself, like you deconstruct your your beliefs and you refigure it out um, based on your new life experiences. Yeah, um, I mean, our lenses affect how we view things, mm-hmm. and when our lens shifts, well it's good Mm -hmm. to reprocess your beliefs and see where you stand. I mean, we have to be able to change in life. You can't be stuck in one way all the time. Like it. So, yeah.
1: And we oddly, oddly enough, I feel like the less I know, the more,
0: the no, less you're sure
1: <laughs> well the less i'm sure of things the for the more i feel like i have to share you know like mm. i used like two three years ago i felt like i had a, an answer to literally everything like my well, podcast was <laughs> you know creating a mature and stable christian worldview like i wanted to make a glass castle and just i know everything right yeah. and now i'm just like yeah i don't know like i don't know about a lot of but things I've, but um... i feel like the things i like I don't know intellectual things, but I know that certain heart things are true. Yes. And I think it's worth sharing and it's worth just like engaging in this chaotic journey together. Yeah. And yeah. like, I actually, I really love this tension. I, yeah. um, I, challenge each other. Yeah. I, like, and, and it's beautiful. And I feel like I, I'm not sure how to f- work out the theology yet, but I, I feel like God is smiling on you and I feel like God is smiling on your journey. You, it's okay if you don't believe in God, but
0: maybe you'll come over to my <sighs> side. <laughs> uh,
1: I, don't, I don't know. I mean
0: um, who knows? We don't like we're not aiming at a destination. We're aiming at truth. We're just wanting health. Yeah. We we want health. Yeah. We just want health. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it seems like if there is a God, I mean, I believe there is a God. I'm just saying that for your, for your benefit and pretending to, (laughs) you know, God created our bodies, God created our families, you know? And Mm -hmm. so if we aim at health, we're going to find our maker. And I, I just feel like there is just so much layer upon layer of unhealthy stuff. Yeah. And like, it's gotten to the point where I just like, are we at the time of Martin Luther? And it's just like the whole thing is corrupt like that's kind of how i feel some days it's just like it feels like the whole thing is rotten i don't know where to go next but i just feel like there's almost nothing i can use from this i just feel like it's all rotten it's all corrupt and it's all greek (laughs) um you know intellectual stuff and it's not focused on jesus it's not focused on life transformation it's not focused on love It's not focused on caring for the vulnerable. It's not focused on caring for victims. It's focused on propping up the abusers and protecting them and making sure that they have access to their power and their fucking money. And men. And men.
0: Men lead it all.
1: Yeah, men lead it all. Which, you know, like, rich white men, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but rich white (laughs) men, rich white Christian men rule the world. That's just a fact. Now, mm-hmm. I'm saying Christian in a broad sense. Yeah. Meaning Christian or post like Christian mu- name. as opposed to as opposed as opposed to Muslim or as opposed to atheist or as mm-hmm. opposed you know, as a as opposed to, you know, somebody from a tribal religion in Africa. Like Christian white Christian men run the world. Mm-hmm. And they have tremendous power, they have tremendous authority, they have tremendous and and I I was, you know, had a reasonable podcast with a reasonable following, reasonable blog and everything like that. I was into apologetics. And something that I just became so frustrated at at a certain point is realizing that there is such a market for telling rich, white, powerful people, there is nothing wrong with your system. Mm. Continue on. Yeah. Don't listen to the atheists. That was my job. Don't listen to the atheists. There's nothing wrong with your system. And I would spend hours trying to figure out how to answer all the atheists. Mm. And there were other people focused on don't listen to people of color. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's other people focused on don't listen to. And I had debates recently with people that, you know, I was trying to raise awareness about First Nations people and the terrible history. And, you know, this evangelical guy that loved my podcast forever jumps on and he's like, Oh, well. I don't know why we should feel bad about what we did to the First Nations people because we have museums for them and they have <sighs> reservations and they have casinos. <sighs> and he literally said this. I was like,
0: what the fuck?
1: Like, we killed 90% of their population.
0: And do you know the last residential school was only cl- shut down in 96? We yeah. were 13 years old. Like, I know. That is so wrong. And we never heard about it. It's so wrong.
1: And like <sighs> Bob Jones University still had still did not allow um mixed marriages up till like I think it was somewhere around two thousand It was so either two thousand and one or nineteen ninety nine or something like that like this is recent stuff the Christian world needs change, and that's been our
0: our mindset changes here has really really changed like I feel like I view all of life so differently, mm-hmm. like I stand up for some social justice, and I see you standing up for social justice mm-hmm. causes that we never saw before mm-hmm. just a shift. There's just been a huge shift in our yeah. perspective and it feels right. Yeah. Um, I just really believe like that I was taught life was black and white and now I see there's very little black and white. Mm-hmm. Most of it is in the gray, maybe not 50 shades of gray, but life is in the gray. Like it, it, there is not, like, yes and no to everything. Yeah. Like, it's not like, yes or no, yes or no. But I think that is an attraction to religion. It's yes. like, you get... It makes life easier, I guess, yeah. if you fit <laughs> the norm. Mm-hmm. But what about all the people that don't fit the norm? Yeah. Because we're not black and... Like, it's, <sighs> life is in the grace.
1: Yeah. And that was another thing that I realized... When I when I realize that I have, a dysfunctional family, very dysfunctional with my parents, where I need to make a break. I realize I don't fit anymore, mm-hmm. and realize that the church is per it wo- works great if you fit. Yeah. If You don't fit. You don't fit. It's like yeah. those little gloves you buy at Walmart. And they're one size fits fits all. younger
0: kids. <laughs> it's like well,
1: too bad It
0: don't fit. <laughs> fit our younger kids and they don't fit you. So yeah. Who do they fit?
1: <laughs> yeah. But like with this black and white stuff, oh, we need to finish. This has been so good. Could go on all night. I mean, the other thing that we could talk about is abortion and just realizing that actually. Um, there's a, yeah, There's more abortions when Republicans are in office than when Democrats are in office, because Democrats give out social services, help women again with my care and concern for like how much of the Bible is written about the widows and orphans? This is the people we're supposed to care about. And what we pound our fist on is no more abortions. We want to send women to prison for having an abortion. And why don't we care about giving that woman some money so she can afford a birth? Yeah. like That's what Democrats apparently care about and, and the liberals care just about. just being pro birth.
0: Yeah, so much more than and
1: criminalizing corporate. like like anyways, that's a whole nother topic. But just there's so many of these issues that I've always just seen one yeah. way. And when you just open your eyes a little bit, you're like, well, maybe instead of trying to abolish or criminalize something, we could try and reduce it. Yeah. And we might actually make more of an impact and we might actually be more compassionate to people.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a thing I'm finding for myself this year is just my perspective has changed. The world hasn't changed. Everything's the same. But my perspective has changed. Uh And suddenly, so much more compassion for people. Uh So much more compassion. Life is hard for some people. Uh And trying to bash downs on people that don't fit the norm in any way is so wrong. Like, just let people be people. Like, just, just love people.
1: Love people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Peace and love. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're at. The year twenty twenty is not over. <laughs> <laughs> Our life is not over, so this is gonna be constantly mm-hmm. evolving. But I owe I own my story and mm-hmm. this is where I'm at and I'm not ashamed or embarrassed about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is me. Yeah. Take it or leave it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll friend you i I'll friend you on Facebook accordingly <laughs> as will I
1: <laughs> and if you find yourself in this position of oh wow we're deconstructing or one of us is deconstructing the other one isn't I mean just love the other person and yeah. believe the best because respect yeah respect respect love and respect the other person and believe that the journey um has a good end and i think that like the absolute worst 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 thing that i could have done is listen to those little voices Mm -hmm. and try to shut down your journey well when you
0: told me about that later on yeah i said like my drive to this deconstruction was so strong that you doing that would have broken up our
1: marriage yeah
0: because it was such a strong drive that even you couldn't stand in the way of that.
1: Which is astounding to like, to hear you say that.
0: I know, because I'm... Our marriage is hugely important to, both yeah. to me.
1: Yeah. Like, both we are
0: us. very close.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but,
1: but there's some things in life you just can't stop.
0: Yeah, and that was one of them.
1: Like, if is somebody's giving birth, and you're like, no, oh, just hold on a second.
0: Wait, the doctor's not here. <laughs> Don't push <it. laughs>
1: There are some things that ought not be done. Uh <laughs> When, when nature is taking its, its course, you know, and, you know, who knows what the traumas are, who knows what is, yeah. is under the hood. And this journey for us has
0: allowing ourselves to go there in the healing yeah. has brought up a lot of things that we had buried yeah. from our childhood that we buried for decades, two decades, yeah. three, like three decades. So it's very important. Mm-hmm. Just trust the journey. Yeah, Trust the journey. Trust mm-hmm. yourself. That you can make it through. Mm -hmm. That just trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Trust your gut. Trust yourself. Find resources to help. There's a ton of good Facebook groups we found. Instagram posts or places to follow hashtags. Um, just it's so good, Mm. so good.
1: And if I can just put a plug here for any of the pastors, just care more about becoming somebody. That you want to be and having the marriage you want to be than about the career you know mm-hmm. just you know let the journey be the journey find a secular job if you need to that has just been really that's taken the pressure off for us i have a truck driver's license you know it's not hard to get a truck driver's license and you can have a reasonable paying job but just you know let the journey be the journey yeah and stay tuned the place.
0: because our story's not over
1: Yes. And most of our podcasts are a lot more fun than this. This was fun, but also hard work. Um, But I love our tension talking about various issues. Yeah, I love it too. Stay tuned for lots of good podcasts coming out your way soon. Seek health. Find peace. (laughs) Find us on iTunes and give us some likes and comments and. Some Share it. Love us
0: no matter what. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we
1: haven't figured out our conclusion for this podcast yet. So this is the Seeking Health Podcast with Josiah and Angiska Meyer. Have a good day. Goodbye.